You're so quiet. It's like that moment of anticipation. Uh, just uh, hope everyone had a blessed, blessed Christmas. Everyone doing good? Everyone have a good Christmas? Everyone get everything you hoped for? Yeah. Oh, it's so good when my son says yes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He got his Legos. I uh, hope everyone had a great Christmas. Let me, I want to give you a quick update on uh, Pastor Rob. Uh, let you know that uh, his recovery continues to go really well from the heart attack he suffered a couple weeks ago. And uh, he's doing well. He wanted us to greet all of the campuses and, uh, and let you know that he is on a, uh, check this out, he is on a doctor-prescribed vacation through the end of the year. How many of you wish you could have a doctor prescribed? Not if it took a heart attack to get it, but uh, he is on a doctor-prescribed vacation, so he'll be, uh, he and Becca are away for, uh, for this coming week. Uh, they'll be back in town in a, a little over a week, and uh, he'll be back with us, um, boy, in probably about two or three weeks or so, just depending on how this recovery continues to go. So he said he's doing well. He's getting stronger every day. He's feeling better and better. And, uh, and is really looking forward to uh, the new year, towards diving into our greater series in a few weeks. Uh, so wanted to give you that update. Uh, we have had a great Christmas. We've enjoyed the week. I've enjoyed this week with our family. And uh, I have to say, we were, we were riding up to uh, Jamie's parents' house on Thursday, uh, Christmas Day. And uh, we were listening to the radio. And I, and I commented to her how cool it was that, uh, you know, we're listening to all these, these radio stations and they're all playing songs that point to Jesus. I'm like, this is so cool. Like all over the radio airwaves, people are singing, oh, come let us adore him. And I just thought it was, it was such a cool thing. And uh, we spent the, the afternoon with Jamie's family up, uh, they live on the north side of the Twin Cities. And uh, we do that just about every year. We gather together with all the nieces and nephews and cousins on that side of the family. And I have to say, I was kind of in a real reflective mood this year. Uh, sometimes I get in these little reflective moods and I was up there and I was noticing some, some new things in our family gathering and, uh, and the first thing that I noticed was, you know, Jamie and I, we've been married long enough now where, where all of the cousins have suddenly seemed to grow up and we're not getting older but the, all of the cousins all of a sudden are, uh, are, are, a lot of them have graduated, they're in college and, uh, and I was sitting there uh, at Christmas seeing all the cousins hang out together. And I remember when they were all babies and to- like I held them and they were babies and toddlers and now they're college students. In fact, the, uh, the first of uh, the nephews on, on her side got married this year and then another one of our nephews is engaged. And so there's new faces gathered around the Christmas tree and, uh, and it was good. Her parents are in a new house. They built a house this past year and so they're... They're in a new place. So everything was new. There was so much new stuff around Christmas this year. And every year, I think, brings new things, doesn't it? I mean, every year brings sometimes good things. Every year brings new challenges. Uh, But life truly is always moving forward, isn't it? Life continues to move forward. And as we come uh, to the end of this year, as we've been talking about already this morning, I think it is good to take a quick look back, to assess where we've been, to look at where we've come from, not just as a church, but to look where we've come from as individuals and in our, our homes. And I hope that we can all say that we've made progress this year. That'd be a good thing, right? To say we've made some progress this year in our lives. I hope that, that we can say that we've, we've pushed through any setbacks that we've had. I hope that we can celebrate some wins. I hope that we can see God's faithfulness over the course of this last year. And listen, let me, let me just tell you, just straight up, God is faithful. 
Listen, God is faithful. I want you to catch that because whatever has transpired over this last year, whatever challenges or difficulties we've walked through, God has been with us. God has been with you all the way. Listen to what uh, Lamentations chapter 3 uh, verse 22 says. It says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. That's a good thing. Because of his great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So if you're here this morning, no matter what you've walked through this year, God has been faithful and God has been with you all the way. And God is going to continue to be faithful. It's a great encouragement for you and I to remember. Amen? Amen. So I've been reflecting a lot over this holiday season. Again, uh, really more than, more than usual. And I've been thinking, uh, trying to think through some Christmases of my past, thinking through different seasons of life. And I was thinking as I was preparing uh, this today, I was thinking about uh, one Christmas in particular uh, that for me was, uh, it was one of those years where I was really making some key decisions in my life that set the course for, for much of my future. And, and this Christmas I'm thinking about was back in uh, 1991. I was 20 years old in 1991. I was in my second year of college. And uh, when I was in school, I don't know if, if, if many of you know this, when I was in school, I was a part of, of, a, number of uh, a number of music groups. Music was something that I enjoyed, I had a little skill at, and so I just was always involved in, uh, in music. And I was, in, I was singing in a vocal jazz group. You may look at me and you think, vocal jazz, Wow. I know, you think I'm opera, right? I look a little more like an opera singer, but uh, no, vocal jazz, and there were 10 singers in this group, and this little jazz combo, and, and we traveled a little bit, did some, some touring, and it was just a blast. We had a, a lot of fun, and, and at the time that I, that I started in this, my second year, I was still living at home, and uh, I don't know if you're here and you're 20, but when you're 20 years old, usually you're pretty ready to move out of the house, and I was kind of at that point where I was ready to move out of my parents' house. And uh, I'd been commuting to classes and stuff. And I had the opportunity to move into this rental house uh, near the college that I was going to with some other guys from this jazz group that I, was, that I was a part of. And at first I was like, okay, let's, yeah, let's do it. This is cool. And, uh, but as the time came closer and closer to, to where we were going to sign the lease, I started to kind of feel like, um, like maybe this wasn't the best idea. And you see, the, the guys that, that I would have been moving into, they were decent guys, but they weren't Christian guys. They weren't people that held the same values that I did. And, and some of the stuff that they were into, it really it had the potential of knocking my life off track. And I think we've all been there at those points in our lives, haven't we? We've all been, we'll call them, we'll call them crossroad moments. Moments where we have big decisions that need to be made. And, and moments that we can either go, we can either go this way, and, and it's going to lead to good things spiritually or emotionally or physically. Or we can choose to go this way and it may not lead to necessarily good things for our spiritual life, for our, for our emotional life or our physical life. And praise God that, that many of those times, many of those seasons in our lives, we've made good choices. And it's led us towards good things in life. But I think if we're honest, sometimes we could all look back at some of these crossroads moments in our lives. We can look back and maybe we would say, I, I, wish, 
I wish that I would have done it different. We might say, I wish that I wouldn't have gone in that direction, or I wish I wouldn't have said that, or I wish I wouldn't have done that. Am I right? We've had those moments. And so I have a question that I want to ask this morning, and I want to take just a few minutes to think about this today. Because, because, you know, we all like to look back and we like to remember the good things. We like to look back and we like to celebrate wins. Man, it's so important to do that. That's biblical to do that. I mean, in the Old Testament, people were commanded to, to build altars, to remember pivotal moments in, in history, to remember things that God has done. So building an altar, looking back and remembering, it's, it is a good thing to do. But the question I have this morning is this, what do we do when we look back at our year or when we look back at our lives and we find that instead of having a lot of wins to celebrate, what do we do when we seem to find a string of wrong decisions? Or what do we do when, when we see mistakes or disappointments? What do we do when we find out that we've messed up? When life isn't working out like we'd hoped or, or working out like we'd planned, what do we do then? What do we do? Now, don't worry. The today's, today's, this message isn't going to be a downer, all right? It's not going to be a downer. We're not going to just talk about all of our brokenness or our failures. And I'm, uh, I have to think that probably nobody came here today to, to just think about all of the mistakes and the disappointments or the bad choices of this last year, Right? That's not why we're here. But no, my hope is, my prayer is that by the time we're done today in a few minutes, I I want you to be so full of hope. I want you to be so excited to step into this next year because I believe that the word of God is gonna speak some truth into our lives. I believe that we're gonna find out that no matter where we are, God finds us right where we are at. God finds us right where we are, no matter where we are, what we've done. Listen, and you and I, we can turn around even the most challenging of situations. You and I can make the choice to get ourselves back on the road that leads to a blessed life. We can get ourselves back on the road that leads to the life that God has desired for you and me. We can get on the road that leads to a life that's characterized by the peace of God, that's characterized by living in his grace and his goodness, where we can trust him no matter what the circumstances. I believe that we can walk confidently into our future because we can know that his plans for us are perfect, that they're right. How does that sound? Does that sound good? So no matter where you find yourself today, listen, the word of God is something to teach us. And so really foundational today to what I want us to talk about, and the, the thing I want us to realize is that God really does have a plan for our lives. I'm sure you've heard that. God has a plan for your life. And it's true, but listen, I think that, that oftentimes when we begin to think about that statement, God has a plan for our lives, we immediately start to think What does God want me to do? When we think about God's plan for our lives, we start thinking about what does God want me to do? But listen, this is foundational. I want you to understand, first and foremost today, that God's plan for our lives, it isn't primarily about what we do. It is primarily about who we are. God's priority isn't about what we do. His priority for, and his plan for our life has way more to do with who we are than anything we could ever do. 
His plan is about, about what our lives can become. And, and God knows each one of us. He knows what we can be. He knows the potential that he's placed in each one of us. And God's plan for us has the purpose of building each one of us and helping us live with the character of Christ. It's to help us grow and mature and become the complete and the whole persons that we have the potential to be. We've been talking about this all year, from the very beginning of the year, how God wants to do a perfect work inside of us. God wants to do his work so that we are complete, so that we lack nothing. And this is so amazing that, that, that you and I, we are the ones that God is building into what the Bible calls living stones that make up the kingdom of God. <laughs> Think about that. We are the material that God is using to build his kingdom. God is building his kingdom in us. And the thing that determines the quality of the material that he's using is our character. Listen, it's our character. God is concerned with building in us good character. In fact, I believe that God is way more concerned with our character than our comfort. We like to be comfortable in life, don't we? Come on, we're Americans. (laughs) We like it. But God is way more concerned with our character than our comfort. That's why sometimes God will allow us to go through suffering and sorrow. That's why each one of us at times and in seasons, we're going to go through valleys. We're going to go through difficult circumstances. Because God isn't working for our comfort. God is working to build our character. He's way more concerned with our character than our happiness. We all like to be happy, happy, happy. But God is so much more concerned with our character than our happiness. That's why I think sometimes God says no to the things we ask for, the things we pray for. The things that we seek in life, sometimes God says no. Because God knows that some of the things that we think will make us happy, it could also be the thing that that at the least distracts us from his plan. Or at worst, it could just destroy us completely. God knows there's nothing wrong with, with, with wanting to be happy. Happiness is happy. It's good. We all want good things in life. But listen, a greater goal than good things is a good name and good character. I think God is way more concerned with our character than even with our productivity or all the things that we can accomplish in life. God is way more concerned with our character even than with our productivity. Listen to Luke chapter 9, verse 25. It says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Do you know what that means? That means you could be the most successful, the most productive person you can be, but if you sacrifice your character in the process, you lose. That's not a good deal. And so God's plan for our lives is way more about who you and I are becoming than it is about what we do. But let me balance that statement out with this now. What we do still matters. What we do still matters. But it matters from the standpoint of understanding that what we do influences who we are. Did you catch that? What we do influences who we are. Let me illustrate it this way. Okay, back in, uh, in 1998, Jamie and I, we were getting ready to move into a new home. 
And uh, we'd been married for about a year. We'd been renting and we wanted to buy a house and things worked out where we were able to build the first house that we ever owned. Uh, I loved it. It was so much fun for me. I don't think my wife would agree with my assessment of it, but I just had a blast. I thought it was just the funnest thing to build a house. And, uh, and if you've ever, if you've ever uh, built a, a new home, uh, you'll know that there are a lot of decisions that need to be made about the things that you want in the home. Everything from, from light fixtures to bath fixtures, everything from the color of the carpet to the color of paint on the walls, uh, everything from the, the exterior, what materials are we going to use, what, what brick are we going to choose, is it going to match the shingles, I mean, what are we, there's so many decisions and so many things that, that make up what it is that we're building in this house. And I got to say, when we built the house, we, you know, we really didn't know what we wanted in a house. We were just excited that we were able to do it. It was, it was really cool. But all of the little things we chose, all of the decisions that we made, all of the colors, the materials, the fixtures, all of these things made up the character of our home. It made up the character of the house. And in a similar way, It's the things that we do, the words that we say, the actions that we do. It's all of these things that make up the character of our lives. That's what makes up the character of our lives. The word character can be defined as the collection of features and traits that form the nature of a person or thing. A person's moral or ethical quality displayed in what he or she does. Think about that. Our character is the collection of features and traits that form the nature of a person or thing. And listen to me this morning. Every day, you and I are sowing seeds of character. Every day. In our words and in our actions. Everything is working to define who we are. Every day, we are working to establish our character. It's a, it's a lifelong process of sowing and reaping in our lives by our actions and our words. And so I want to read a passage from the Bible that's really it's at the heart of what we're talking about. And it's found in Galatians chapter 6. And it's verses 7 through 10. And it says this, it says, Do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Man, what a great passage. What a great challenge for you and I. The first statement, this first statement about not being deceived, about God not being mocked, it is, I mean, it's so packed with with truth, but I'm not going to unpack any of that today because I want to focus on this idea of sowing and reaping as it pertains to our character, to who we are. Because I believe that if, if you and I, if we catch this truth this, this morning, if we catch this idea of sowing and reaping as it relates to the development of our spiritual lives, I believe that it can, it can make an incredible impact, a positive impact in our life, especially as we reflect and look back for the purpose of looking forward. 
And so maybe, maybe you're familiar, maybe you've heard the, the five laws of sowing and reaping. There's five laws of sowing and reaping. If you haven't, let me just give you in a nutshell what these five laws are. The first one is this. Sowing is a choice. Sowing is a choice. You see, the farmer intentionally chooses his crop, what he's going to plant. It's a choice that is made, and it's an intentional choice. Sowing is a choice. The second law is the farmer knows his crop. The farmer knows what he's trying to grow. He knows his desired results, and so he needs to know what and when and where and how to plant for those desired results. It's important. The third law is this, and I'm sure we've all heard this. You reap what you sow, right? You reap what you sow. If you plant corn, you're not going to get bananas, No matter how much you like bananas or wish for bananas, you're going to get corn. You reap what you sow. The fourth law is this. You harvest more than you sow. That can be a good thing or a bad thing depending on what you sow, right? You harvest more than what you sow. And the fifth law is this. You sow and you reap in different seasons. A farmer doesn't doesn't plant in the morning and harvest in the afternoon. I mean, it takes time. It takes time for the things and the seeds that we plant in our life to grow. I want you to think about this for a moment. Because what you and I are reaping in our lives today, in many ways, is a reflection of what we have sown into our lives in the past. What you and I are reaping in our lives today is a reflection of what we have sown in our lives in the past. And I understand that there are things that happen to us in life that we can't control. But listen, when it comes to our character, we are who we have made ourselves to be. We are. We are who we've made ourselves to be. We can't blame anything or anyone else. And it's so important to recognize this because an important step in developing good character in our lives is recognizing that we are responsible to do it. We are the ones responsible to do it. It's up to us with the Lord's help to make sure that we are growing, that we are maturing in our character because nobody else can do it for us. (laughs) Nobody else can do it for us. And I believe it's a process in our lives of sowing and reaping. I believe there's a process of, of, of what we do and, and how it works where we grow these characters in our life. I believe there's, there's clear steps that we, can, that we can practice, clear things that we can understand. And I want to make this, try to make this as simple as I can because I believe this with all my heart that every person here, everyone here today can take positive steps to develop godly character in your life. Every single one of us. And it starts with our thoughts. Right here between our ears. That's where it starts. You see, we sow a thought, we reap an action. We sow an action and we reap a habit. And we sow a habit and we reap our character. We sow a thought, we reap an action. We sow an action, we reap a habit. We sow our habits, we reap our character. It all starts with our thoughts. Listen, every word that we say, everything that we do starts with a thought. Did you know there's no such thing as saying something without thinking? Sorry, you can't ever use that as an excuse. Oh, I just wasn't thinking. Yes, you were. 
You may not have been thinking enough, but you were thinking because every word that we say, every action that we do starts with a thought. Do you know your words are important? The words that you choose, the words that you say, they are so, so important. I heard somebody say once that words are like nitroglycerin. Nitroglycerin. You see, nitroglycerin can blow things up or it can heal someone's heart. Nitroglycerin, it's, it's, it's an important ingredient in most forms of dynamite. Boom. Nitroglycerin, it's, it's one of the most important ingredients in most forms of dynamite. Very destructive. But did you know that nitroglycerin is also a vascular dilator that is used to ease the pain of cardiac arrest for somebody that's prone to heart attacks? The same thing that blows up buildings can heal someone's heart. And in the same way, the words that we choose, the words that we use can be incredibly destructive, but they can also be incredibly healing. And every action, everything that we do, every action that we take, it starts with a thought. And you know something? I know that we don't control every thought that pops into our heads, but listen, we do choose which of those thoughts we choose to dwell on, right? We may have thoughts pop into our head all the time, but, it, but we're the ones that choose whether or not we dwell them. We choose which ideas we entertain, which ones we develop in our minds. And it's these thoughts that lead to our actions and to our words. It's what we choose to keep our mind on. That's why the Bible tells us in Philippians 4, verse 8, it says this. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Wow. These are the kind of things we need to keep our minds on because out of our thoughts come our actions. And if our minds are on these things, our actions will follow it. If our minds are on what is true or noble, then our actions and our words are going to be true and noble. If our mind is on what is pure, then our actions are going to be pure. If our mind on, is on things that are admirable, then our actions and our words are going to be admirable. And then when we begin to sow those actions that come from our thoughts, those actions begin to form habits in our lives. You sow an action, you reap a habit. Remember, you always reap more than what you sow. Listen, any action done over and over and over will become a habit. And how many of you know that bad habits are hard to break? Bad habits, they're hard to break. You know, for a long time, I've been in the habit of eating poorly. I've been eating too much of the wrong stuff. And a few months ago, I decided, you know something? I need to change that. And so I'm trying to establish new patterns and new habits in my life. And let me tell you, it ain't easy. <laughs> it's not. It's hard. But listen, just like we sow an action and reap a bad habit, when you begin to sow good actions you will begin to reap good habits. We sow an action, we reap a habit. And I gotta tell you this, bad habits are what is keeping a lot of Christians from becoming everything that God has for them to be. 
bad habits. It's one of the reasons that we are continually encouraging people to, to be involved in weekend services, to, to read soap every day, to get into your Bible and read scripture every day, to build these good habits into your life, to serve somewhere at church. That's why we're encouraging people to create these, these valuable habits in your life because these are the habits that are going to point you in the right direction. We always need to be working to establish good habits in our lives, not bad ones. Because listen to me, when we sow these habits, from these habits in our lives, we reap our character. Remember, our character, it's, it's who we are. Remember, that's the focus of God's plan for our lives, is to build in us good character. Character, the collection of traits and, and features that, that are the things that, that determine the nature of a person. Our character. And listen to me today. Good character will build your life and it will bless you forever. Good character will build your life and it will bless you forever. But listen to me, bad character, if you build that in your life, it will haunt you forever. Don't build bad character in your life. Remember, we are always sowing. We are always planting seeds of character in our life by our words and by our actions. Remember, I asked this question earlier. What do we do when we find out that we've messed up? What do we do when we look at our lives and we realize we've, we've sown the wrong things and now we're reaping things that we don't want to be reaping? The first thing that you need to do if you realize that is recognize it's not too late to start sowing the right things back into your life. It's not too late today. If, you, if you've established patterns and behaviors that are destructive in your life, stop sowing those seeds into your life. Start sowing things that are constructive to your character. Because listen, the scripture says it. It says, if you, in due season, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Listen, don't stop sowing good seed in your life because out of that good stuff that you're planting in your life, you are gonna reap good things in your life and in your character. Your habits, they're gonna be one or the other. Your habits, they're gonna be good or bad. They're gonna be building your life up or they're gonna be tearing it down. Is, is the character that you've reaped in your life, is the character that you've established by sowing your habits, is that character the character of Christ? Do you think with the mind of Christ? Are your habits godly habits? Are they righteous habits? Are they leading to peace and unity in your life? Come on, if not, it's not too late. You can do it. You can become the person that the Spirit of God is telling you that you can be. And I believe that eventually you're going to begin to reap that godly character in your life if you choose today to start sowing good thoughts, to start sowing good actions, to begin to establish good habits in your life again. And let me tell you why I believe this is so important. This is so important for us to understand because not only do our thoughts lead to actions, not only do our actions lead to habits, and not, and not only those habits that we sow determine what we reap in our character. Listen, whatever we sow in our character, we reap in our destiny. Whatever we sow in our character, we reap in our destiny. You see, our character paves the way for where we go in life. Our character opens doors or closes them. 
Our character can, can point the way for us or it can put up roadblocks in our life. Our character. Don't ever think that your character doesn't matter. Don't ever think that your character doesn't count. Solomon, in all of his wisdom, he wrote this in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1. He said, a good name is more desirable than great riches. And to be esteemed is better than silver and gold. Listen, when all is said and done, you and I, we take with us one thing, who we are. We take our character. Our character matters. So there I was in my, my second year of college about to move into a house with a, bunch of, uh, with a bunch of guys that didn't share the same values that I had. And, and it would have been convenient. It would have been great to live near campus. And again, I was 20 and I was ready to get out of my house. <laughs> but you know, that action, it could have easily spiraled my life in a wrong direction. You see, looking back, not long after that opportunity, a couple of the guys were, um, they were busted for drugs. Another one of the guys decided it would be great to have his girlfriend move in. And it really had, would have had the potential to knock my life way off track. But I didn't do it. I didn't do it. The last minute I said, you know something? I can't, I can't do it. I, I chose to stay where I was. And I'm so glad that I did because, listen, it wasn't very long after that moment, it wasn't very long after that decision that I had my first opportunity to step into a place of, of leadership in the youth group that I had been a part of when I was in high school. And I was able to step in as a youth leader and, and it really began to set a course for, for much of my future. And I can tell you this, I have never, ever regretted that decision. Never. And, and that was one of the good choices. Believe me, I've made plenty that weren't so good. <laughs> I've made plenty of decisions where I look back and say, man, I wish I would have done that different. And I've reaped the consequences of those. But listen, I'm learning the lesson of Galatians 6 over and over and over every day. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And let us not become weary in doing good. Don't give up. Don't become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't give up. Would you bow your heads with me? God, I thank you that you are building godly character into each one of us. And God, I know that there may be people in this room, even this moment, that are at one of those crossroads moments. And they're facing big decisions. And God, I pray that you'd give wisdom. God, I pray that today for each one of us, you would help us to fix our minds on the things of the Spirit, that you would help us 
to think about the things that you challenge us to think about, whatever is good and whatever is pure, whatever is admirable, whatever is noble. Lord, keep our minds on those things. Let our actions, Lord, come out of those good thoughts that we have. God, I pray that, Lord, if we've developed bad habits through our actions, that, God, you would help us to change our thinking, that you would help us to establish new actions and new habits and new patterns that are going to build godly character into our lives. And, God, I pray that we would recognize that we don't have to wait We don't have to wait to make a New Year's resolution. We don't have to wait for something else to happen or circumstances to change. We can make the change right now by deciding that we are going to build godly character in our lives. We can start today. We can start right now. God, I thank you that you have a plan for each one of us. We don't know the the details, Lord, of all the things that we're going to be able to do for you. But God, I pray that we would never lose sight of your primary goal of building godly character in each one of us. God, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Prayer teams, come and join me, please, at the front. As we get ready to dismiss. I want to